Welcome to the Deeper Faith Podcast. This is a podcast about faith-seeking understanding, about taking the relevance of the gospel to every aspect of life a little more serious than we have previously. It's about developing the taste and appetite for spiritual meat and taking every thought captive to Christ. It's about theology and about life and about disagreeing agreeably. It's about passing Christianity 101 and progressing to Christianity 201 and 301. My name is Eric Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Langrick. As you listen to our conversation today, we hope you grow a little bit in your love for and faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Enjoy. And we're off. So, Kevin, Merry Epiphany. And a happy Epiphanaic day to you. You know what else it is? It's also January 6th. Yeah. Yeah. That's its own thing that there's probably a good chance we won't cover that particular topic. Although... uh, Not for a while. Yeah. Maybe maybe tangentially. Tangentially, and it will be... Yeah. I like both of my legs. I don't want to step on any landmines. Yeah. So, Kevin, why are we doing this? You know, upon further thought and review, I think there's a couple things. Um, I think the reason for us to do this is, first and foremost, first and foremost, I think, is truly because you and I wanted to chat and connect and, you know, just keep covering some of these things together and challenging one another. Um, but I think too, I think we have an opportunity to kind of approach and discuss some topics in ways that maybe the, the average person typically won't, but that I think the average person should, um, or at least would be interested in, but there tend to not be, a whole lot of avenues for these conversations in our society because they tend to either be things we avoid or things that we scream about rather than discuss. So I think we have, we have an opportunity to, to uh, have some of those real discussions that people really need and really want, um, but maybe don't know how to. That's true. Like you, uh, you don't know what you don't know. And if you're looking to, um, grow in your faith. Sometimes knowing where to start is uh, a bit elusive. Um, I, I think you were. I think you're right. In the, on one level, um, it's a way to continue the conversations that we we have been having when we were working together at YFC. Um, on another level, it's a way to give. Um, the potential person scouring the interwebs, the opportunity to listen into the conversation and um, hopefully be edified by it, hopefully grow in their um, in their knowledge, um, not not just in knowledge, but uh, as if uh, as if growing in faith is only about the intellect. It's certainly not, but um, that's that's one area of focus that I think we, we both have there that, um, 
there's a lot of bad information out there. <laughs> there's a lot of bad books. Like, yeah, and and you you see and you hear people, you know, throw a lot of that stuff out there, regardless of topic. Um, like, there's a lot of stuff that gets said that in a vacuum it sounds like it could be true or it could be okay, but when you put it up against other realities, it quickly becomes clear like, oh yeah, that can't actually stand up in the way that I thought it did. But because we never think about that or have that conversation, it's easy to throw things out there that we think we think or things that we read or heard from somebody else without having all of the facts and all of the information. And, um, you know, to, I don't remember exactly how he said it, but to borrow from C.S. Lewis, you know, you end up with people having, you know, dozens of of ideologies and ideas and mindsets all floating around in their head that actually contradict one another and don't work together. But because they've never like put the whole puzzle together, they don't realize that the pieces don't all go together. Hmm. And, uh, and that's, you know, some, sometimes that's intentional ignorance and sometimes it's truly just, you know, it's not the world people live in or they haven't had the, opportunity or they've just they've believed the things that they've heard because they thought they were getting them from credible sources and so it, it kind of accidentally happens to a lot of people sure absolutely i think uh similarly and this is a this is a a problem for society in general not just the church not just political discourse, but in general discourse, um, we're attracted to our own tribe. We're attracted to our own pundits and those who are spouting our opinions. And, um, we end up, uh, we end up hearing a whole lot of slogans that make sense to us within our context, but don't ultimately make sense within the wider context. They don't, they're not ultimately persuasive when, when they encounter other um, conflicting information or conflicting points of view um, that, you know, ultimately that's, that's not helpful. That's not a, that's not a strong faith. If your faith is made up by little sound bites of um, God helps those who help themselves and like Mm -hmm. those, those sorts of, uh, those sorts of slogans that sound really good and, sound like I can hold my, I can, I can, that'll hold my hat. But, um, under final analysis is not until you, until that, until that, that belief encounters resistance that you really have to unpack it and, um, it needs to grow or die essentially. Right. I think that's, that's another, another factor in, um, why you and I are doing this. I mean, you and I, we, we agree on the essentials, but mm-hmm. you know, we, we have, we have different contexts. We come from different, if different theological backgrounds, we come from different perspectives that, um, we're going to challenge each other and hopefully in the process, challenge anybody else who's, who's, uh, who happens to listen in, who happens to be a fly on the wall in this conversation. Um, agreed. Yeah. I think, you know, I think as, as we've talked through the past, one of the things I've appreciated and enjoyed um, 
I guess, well, two things. One is I think in a lot of ways, and I've, I had realized this over time anyhow, but I think at least for me, it was driven home even a little more as we chatted that when it comes to certain theological differences and these will, you know, they'll come up some t- someday in the future, but certain things like the, the difference in what you mean is so minute that it's almost just a semantics thing. It's just a words thing, but there is a, there is a, a subtle, but, but important distinction in terms of how you're understanding some things with how God works, how the world is set up, all those kind of things. Sure. But, um, but, at the, but it is like, it's so minute that you kind of look at it and you go, okay, it's important because it helps me understand where I'm at and what I mean and what you mean. But in some ways it's like, wow, it kind of doesn't matter um, in the way that I think it does. Um, and the other piece, if I can remember, uh, oh, that I think, I think you and I, not to toot our own horns here, but I think you and I, handle things and approach topics and disagreement in a way that is very much like, I want to understand, I want to hear your perspective. I want to, you know, and I want to share my perspective, but like, I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm not going to be angry at you. I don't think you're an idiot. I don't like, I am. it's very much just like, Hey, we realize like, Oh, we disagree a little bit, but like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like that can be a thing. Yep. And People don't have to lose their minds. And so that I think is something that we can do one for one another, as we discussed, but then two, hopefully for, for whatever audience sure. we may have. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. You had mentioned uh, how it, some of the disagreements almost seem semantic, but when it comes to theology, when it comes to um, faith, the tiniest little difference can can um, can be the difference between heresy and orthodoxy. Can be the difference between mm-hmm. being within the church and being with, outside of the church. Um, one example is the homoousios and homoousios. That one little I in that in the the Greek. So the the debate between um, what what came to be known as Nicene. Um, Christo or the Nicene understanding of the Trinity or how the the Son um, relates to the Father, the Arians wanted to have that extra little I in that word that changed the entire meaning of of what they were arguing about. There, it's uh, all, the whole world, the whole everything changed and everything hinged on that one little letter. Um, Jesus isn't just of similar substance to the Father, but he is of one and the same substance as the Father, one and the same essence. Yeah, that that's true. And it, that, I think, is where it's, you know, it's cool to have the conversations because he can flesh out some of those things of which are the things where they are truly minor differences, um, or maybe it's not a minor difference, but it is like both landing places are still within orthodoxy versus where where are areas where like uh you know i actually think you're you're getting into some some sketchy ground here and, and into some like and that's not to say that those questions shouldn't be asked or that those things shouldn't be explored but um i think it's a good space to be able to be challenged sure. to say like yeah i hear what you're thinking but by the way 
that's heresy. Although with with that said, I think it, even in those moments, I think it behooves us to um, to explain or explore why, sure. and to, and you know not just say, well, you can't think that because it's heresy, or like right. don't don't do that, or or think that because well, that's that's wrong, or like that doesn't fit with your tradition. Like the that is one of the things that I think we can't do. We shouldn't do. We shouldn't just shut things down just because it like, Oh, that doesn't fit or, Oh, nope. Somebody said that's heresy. Like, okay, that's fine. That's important to know. But I mm-hmm. think we need to have that, that why question and explore those things again for ourselves, although we may already understand it, but mm-hmm. also for whoever may be listening in. Absolutely. That's, that's one of the things that um, when I was at, at CCU, um, one of the things I would always tell my, my theology students is that um, there, there were there were no questions that were off. There were no doctrines, and there were no questions that were off limits to examining and questioning. Now that's not where we wanted to end up. It's not we don't want to have our feet firmly planted in midair. Um, <laughs> ultimately, we're going to come to a conclusion, but we're not just going to take the fact that oh this because because the church argued about this. 1700 years ago and they've they've settled it that doesn't that doesn't alleviate the us from having the responsibility to also argue through that and to also wrestle with okay well how exactly does the son relate to the father yeah we know what nicaea said but how 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 does the son actually we have the responsibility to to wrestle with that ourselves in the 21st century um we can't just take their word for it and act as as if it's it's settled. Um, in a sense, it is settled, but um, and we want to we want to have a a deference for those um, those conclusions that we've come to in the past. But at the same time, um, we're, we want to we want to understand why we want to understand um, why they came to the conclusions they came to and everything outside of scripture anyway is a um at best a provisional conclusion um it might be something we're really 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 stinking sure of but um our conclusion isn't inspired by god and therefore there's always room to um understand it better to be more faithful to what the text itself says there's room for understanding um, whether or not, you know, uh, I mean, to, to give another example, to, whether or not the term person to describe the three persons of the Trinity is really the best word, given that in our context, we have a very psychological understanding of personhood that, um, that just wasn't, wasn't around when they're attaching that term person to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not being unfaithful to, to Christ and we're not being unfaithful to um, the church by asking those questions, but, um, we need to know why, why the church has settled on the term person. And, uh, right. Essentially. Yeah. What, what you're saying is we're here in part to answer all of the, all of the childhood elementary why questions, but also mm-hmm. take some of that deeper and, and talk about like, what does that really mean? How does that apply to my life? How does it impact who I am and how I live and how I interact with you and how I interact with others and how I interact with God? 
and um, yeah, I, I think that's that's good. I think um, you know we we live in a world now where we kind of we look mm-hmm. back and we scrutinize a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and while well, we scrutinize past things and we scrutinize present things, and one of the things that I think gets brought up generally, not so much in theological arguments, but generally, is like we talk about parents and how parents handle things and what they do or what they did with their kids and what they say and how they how they treat things and and one of the areas that at least in certain circles um gets some some scrutiny is you know when when the reason that a kid can't or shouldn't do something is just because mom or dad said no um and you know for sure as as a parent you're going to have those moments when you just don't want your kid to and or when you it's too complicated to explain everything and you may just (laughs) say because i said so um but in the in the more practical sense and in the real world like it doesn't work to do that and be like, well, why can't I believe such and such? Well, because we said you can't. Like, well, that that doesn't yeah. work. Um, you know that that might serve to like let you know that that belief is frowned upon or like it doesn't fit with the bigger picture that people have believed yeah. for thousands of years. Like that's possible and that that could be helpful, but it it's not going to satisfy those deep why questions and i i think that mm-hmm. is part of what what we're here to, to try to do is like we want to mm-hmm. approach the hard questions and and do our best to faithfully answer hard questions sure. in a way that is helpful helpful and beneficial um to to somebody who is asking those questions or to somebody who you know needs to be challenged in that way or to somebody who um you know they're they're whether they're new to the faith mm-hmm. or maybe they've been around forever but like so much of what they believe is based on the things that mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or their pastor or whoever said, Hey, this is what you have to believe based on whatever. And, and again, I think that happens in, a, in well-meaning ways when, you know, somebody has studied and, and gone through things forever. And so now it's like, it's second nature to them. Sure. So they, they don't, they, they feel like, Oh, well, yeah, I've decided this, I've concluded this. So it's okay if I just tell people mm-hmm. this is what they should believe. But then all of a sudden those people come up against hard questions and they, they don't really have an answer because it's just, well, that's what I believe because it's what so-and-so said. Sure. I think um, an important point as, as relates to what you're saying about, you know, with the, the stereotypical parental answer, because I said so um, one of the things, one of the things that uh, Kelly and I have, have implemented with our kids is we really don't want to give that because I said so answer, but kind of the, our, our, our way around it has been to say, okay, obey me first and then ask why, Mm. um, um, obey me first and then ask why I'm more than, more than willing to give you an answer for why, but I really need you to obey me. And I think one of the things that that bears out is, um, is well, it's it's the the title of, of the website, Faith Seeking Understanding. Faith precedes understanding. Mm. We, um, we are faithful, first and foremost, to Christ. We are faithful to, um, to what he has called us to do. But then we try and understand. We try and understand what it is that we're saying about him. What, what are the things we're trying to understand how Paul talks about 
um, about Jesus and how, how it is that, you know, Paul, a first century monotheistic Jew, can then ascribe worship to to Jesus and to God the Father and try and make sense of this. Like, we believe it's true. We believe first, and now we're going to try and understand why. And so right. a, a, a deeper faith, a growing faith, is one that says, God, I don't know where you're leading, but I'm going to follow you. And then I'm going to try and figure out why you're calling me to wherever you're calling me. Or I'm going to try and figure out how these different doctrinal positions relate to each other. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with it. I'm going to believe it first, and then I'm going to try and understand it. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. And in some ways, um, we haven't, we haven't talked about this. I don't know if this will be a thing that we cover formally or not, but in some ways there's a little bit of like, that's the old Testament to the new Testament Hmm. in a certain sense. Like there are some, you know, commands in the old Testament that, you know, for, for sure there are some that like perspective has changed on, but that's sort of a different thing. But there are some that are there that like, it was literally just like, well, we don't do this because God told us not to do this. And then you get to, you get to Jesus and people are like, well, the law says to do this or not to do that. And Jesus, you know, reformulates the thought and he's, you know, he doesn't, it's not asked in a why question, but he ends up answering it with a why, you know, like the, you know, it's like, don't, you know, being, being angry with your, your brother is the same as killing him or, um, you know, lusting after somebody with your eyes is the same as adultery or, you know, and there, there are certainly some other, some other areas where he does that, but like, it's reformulated in such a way that's like, here's what I told you not to do, but here's like what that meant. And, and, you know, without he's, he does, he does, it's not, we don't have him sitting down saying, well, well, you shouldn't do it because, you know, adultery causes significant damage to the individuals participating to the one who's been cheated on to the kids who are involved in the process Mm -hmm. to the community. Like he doesn't go through all of that, but like you start to see more of the heart of like, Oh, like this isn't just a thing that, you know, God said we shouldn't do because he didn't want us to do. Like Mm -hmm. there's real consequences to things whenever we Mm -hmm. do them. And that, you know, again, that's just one, one example. And, um, you know, not one that I, right. You know, I don't know. It just shows that one. That's not like a. It's not that it's better or worse or whatever than others, but. Uh, I think. Knowing that why and recognizing that why is is helpful and important in some ways, and certainly yeah. there are some things that we we take by faith and. You know, trust those, but by and large, those things tend to be things that we personally have said. You know, this is not an area that I personally feel like I need to you know, more of an answer to because somebody else out there needs the answer to that. And, and that's, you know, part of their journey, part of their struggle. And I, yeah, I think for us, like we want to ask a lot of those why questions we want to, you know, help understand why does the Bible say this or why would Jesus expect that? Or how do we know that this is faithful or that this is true or that this is good or any of those things? Um, in a way that's beyond just, this is what my parents said. This is what my pastor said. This is what my, 
professor said. This is what my friend said. This is what Facebook said. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's too frequent. <laughs> right. This is what Facebook. This is what Twitter said. Yeah. Um, cool. What do we hope that people would walk away if if somebody is listening to this? What what is our goal for them? What is, what do we want them to glean from this? You know, for me personally, and I I don't know where people will be coming in to this, so I don't know what mindset you know our listeners may have as they as they personally begin listening. Um, so may, maybe they'll be encouraged by this thought and maybe it'll be terrifying. But for, for me personally, my hope and my goal would be that as people listen to this, they sure they feel challenged and they, they, they learn some more and all of that. But um, ultimately, my thing would be I want to see and, and hear about and, and know that people are being challenged to like make their faith real. Um, you know, to know that um, Jesus wasn't just, it's not just another story of, you know, something that may or may not have happened. It's not just, um, the Bible isn't just something that like helps us whenever we're feeling down or something like that. But like mm-hmm. the Bible is real and active, both in the, in the sense that, um, there's always something to, to learn from it and grow from it, but also in the sense that like it lives in us in the way that we live it out. Um, sure. And so, so yeah, my hope would be that we are able to get really practical as we, you know, we ask some of those why questions, but then really like, I would love to really get practical about like, what does this mean for me mm-hmm. right now? What does this mean for me today? What does this mean for me when I'm, dealing with my family or my friends or I'm at work or whatever the case may be like that, that people would feel challenged to, um, to, to really live it, to really um, take a, take a next step to um, live according to the ways that, that Jesus Mm -hmm. and Paul and, and many others have kind of lined out. Um, Again, I, I want to see faith be a, a, a real, changing, positive, transformational force in people's life. Yeah, that's good. I would uh, just add this is this is something I read again last week, and it was like, it's it's funny, like it's not often that I'm like, God is clearly trying to say something to me. <laughs> um, that's yeah, that, that hasn't been my experience, but when it is, it's like, okay, I read that. And now that same passage just keep, like, I keep coming across it in different, different books that I'm reading. And it's like, okay, all right, I'm listening, Jesus. Um, but, uh, second Peter, second Peter, uh, one, mm-hmm. um, he says, uh, I can pray this. Uh, so I guess I'll start in verse two. May grace and peace be lavished on you as you grow in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I can pray this because his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through the rich knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. Through these things he has bestowed on us his precious and most magnificent promises 
so that by means of what he, what was promised, you may become partakers of the divine nature, after escaping the worldly corruption that is produced by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith excellence, to excellence knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly affection, to brotherly affection unselfish love. For if these things are really yours and are continually increasing, they will keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in the, in your pursuit of knowing our Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess in the... To kind of just summarize, I guess my, my hope would be that our conversations whether they be practical or more theoretical, um, that they would have the, have, have that effect or, or at least be a little bit helpful for, um, anybody who's listening to, to add excellence or virtue to, to their faith and add knowledge and add, um, self-control and all of these things ultimately so that we know Jesus better. And so that we are have a have a stronger and more rich um, relationship with him. Yeah, I think we both said this in different ways, but uh-huh. Jesus is not just something we believe in. Um, mm-hmm. Christianity is not just our religion or our faith, mm-hmm. but it is all something that is an all-encompassing thing, and it's yeah, it, it changes things, and it's um, yeah alive and active and real. Absolutely. There's, um, there's a, a famous quote by, um, Abraham Kuyper. Um, Abraham Kuyper was, he was the founder of the free university of Amsterdam. And he was also former, um, prime minister of the Netherlands, but, uh, he taught systematic theology at free university for, for quite a while, but he has this, this famous quote, where he talks about how there's not one square inch of all of creation or all of the universe where Jesus is not, uh, where Jesus is not grabbing and saying mine, 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 mine. Mm. And so likewise, there's not one square inch of our lives where Jesus is not saying mine, mine, mine. Um, it's, it's all his. And, um, I think it's in the, in the introduction, uh, to the, to the show. Um, well, and, and Paul in Second Corinthians in ten, he's talking about taking every thought captive to Christ. Um, I think that it's kind of the, the beginning and ending of of it is is bringing more and more thoughts captive to Christ, bringing more and more thoughts in conformity with um, with who He is and His Lordship, um, and then more and more aspects of our life in submission to. Uh, to his lordship and to his, um, uh, yeah, to, to him. Yeah. Amen. If anyone wants to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at deeper underscore faith on Twitter. Um, or you can visit the website at faith seeking understanding.org for, uh, blog articles and, um, the show will be up there as well. Kevin, if people want to follow you and individually. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy on pretty much all of my socials. I'm just at Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, Lenrick, 
L-E-N-G-E-R-I-C-H. Um, cool. Yeah. But uh, if you wanted to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Truth Unheard. So. Yeah. My yeah my 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 Twitter account looks much more like a an NFL beat writer. <laughs> Yeah, than anything else most of the time. Um, but I do enjoy putting out some other thoughts occasionally. My Instagram is going to be a lot of life and ministry, um, some faith things. Mm-hmm. Life and ministry. Kevin, what ministry are you with these days? Starting starting up a role with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which is uh, well, a great and fun ministry and, and opportunity to, to really go deeper just like this, but with uh, with college students, um, specifically college athletes, but also even college coaches. Um, obviously, I have a long background uh, working with youth as well. Uh, and I um, really kind of enjoy the the uh, parts of life and the stages of life when people are, are most geared towards growth and um, learning. But um, I think that, you know, we can we can be geared towards growth and learning at any point in our lives, um, which is mm-hmm. part of where I try to stay. But yeah, Fellowship Christian Athletes in Georgia, uh, working with mm-hmm. students at Clayton State University. Nice. I just It just hit me right as you were going through that. Your trajectory was working with high school students to working with college. My trajectory was working <laughs> with college to working with True. high school students. We've kind of moved in opposite directions. So you're going to be working with middle school, and I'm going to be working with adults. You know, what you're saying is you're not that special. I'm not that special. Yes, Uh, it takes it takes a very special person to. We're just some ordinary guys doing a podcast. Ordinary guys doing a podcast. Ordinary guys who read too much. Just too ordinary to work with middle school students. But wow. we can talk about that at a different time. Yeah, definitely not right now. <laughs> hey, this was it was a good time today. It was a fun episode. Great, just you know, catching up on you know where we're at and what we're thinking and, and why we were thinking about doing this podcast. Um, for those of you who might be listening in, um, just one one thought, one challenge, even for you is, you know, if you were the person who's listening to this going, yeah, I have why questions and I'm interested and I, I want to know more. And, you know, I, I, I'm bothered sometimes by, you know, by people just saying, well, just trust me, or that's, that's what we've always thought, or, you know, because I said so type of answers, then, uh-huh. then this is the place to be. And this is, this is, um, you know, that, that's what we want to address. And that's, that's what we're hoping to, to bring to the table for, for you and for, for you guys. And so, you know, love for you to hit that subscribe, hit that like, hit that share, follow along the journey with us. And uh, we're excited for the, for the ride with you.